The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Bibles with you this morning, you like, might like to turn with me as we continue on in our series uh, in the Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This morning we're in Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read to you verses 3 through to 14 of this letter. So Paul's letter to the, to the Ephesians chapter 5, commencing at verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord to us today. Now, back in uh, 1996, Coral and I were uh, part of a uh, college mission team that uh, visited the uh, the city of Mount Isa. We uh, would uh, it was a 26-hour trip by bus. We left at five o'clock. Uh, one afternoon, and we arrived at seven o'clock the following evening. Uh, if there's ever a description of hell on earth, that was it. But uh, you know, whilst we were there with uh, with our team, uh, we were taken actually uh, as part of the uh, you know, one of the, the uh, uh, sightseeing things we got to do that week was to go down inside one of the uh, the mines uh, and uh, do a bit of a tour down there. And we we travelled about a, a kilometre underground and. One of my strongest memories uh, there at that particular time is when the guide told us to turn off the, uh, the torches on our helmets. Uh, here's a picture of what we were able to see at that time. Yes, exactly. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't think that I've ever been in a place that was as, as dark as, that, as being a, a kilometre underground with no light whatsoever. I literally could not see a thing. I held up my hand to my face like this about that far away. I could not even see my hand. I couldn't see the, the ground that we were standing on. I couldn't see the, the people, uh, the, 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 the group that was with us. I couldn't see any of those people. Couldn't even see the walls of the mine. It was total and utter darkness. 
And that blackness just seemed to kind of really just close in and, and, and envelop uh, me. And it was completely disorienting. You, you didn't know, whether, you know what was up and what was down at that particular point in time. And it made me feel quite unsettled. And, uh, and, and to be honest, it also made me feel a little bit scared. And it was a huge relief to be able to, uh, to turn our torches back on in our helmets and have light again to sort of be able to see one another. Now, as I think about that particular uh, experience, it reminds me this morning of that passage because this is Paul's main point in our passage this morning here in Ephesians 5. It is this contrast between light and darkness. He says, for the follower of Jesus, the sphere in which we are to live and operate is that of light and not darkness. Look at verse 8 with me this morning. It says this, it says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Notice that Paul doesn't say that we were just in darkness. He says that we were darkness darkness. You know, down there in that mine shaft, we were certainly in darkness. We were surrounded by this darkness. But Paul says here that for the unbeliever, they are darkness. In other words, he's saying that this darkness was not only just around them, but it was in them. That it characterized, they were characterized by it. It was, a, it was their state of being, if you like. And we were all like this before we come to uh, a knowledge and understanding and, uh, of Christ and of his gospel and come to a saving faith in him. You know, in the Bible, darkness refers to this, this spiritual and moral darkness. It speaks of a, of a, a real depravity of, uh, of, of body, of mind, of spirit. It speaks, you know, darkness, you know, points to, to, to the fact that we were oblivious absolutely oblivious to our own sin and wickedness and that we were living entirely for ourselves and for our own pleasures. This is what verses 3 to 6 of that, that Paul speaks about in this passage today where he says that sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not be even named among you as is proper among the saints. He goes on to say, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. These are out of place for the follower of Christ. He said, instead there should be thanksgiving. And he goes on to say, you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Paul is saying here, if this is characteristic of our our lives, then we can have no hope of any inheritance, of any relationship with God and and to be part of his kingdom. That person, you know, the people Paul is talking about in darkness here are not only oblivious to, uh, to their own sin and their own wickedness, but he speaks about the fact that they are under the power of Satan. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the the, the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Paul is speaking here in this verse about the fact that, you know, we are under the power of Satan in this dark world. 
Colossians 1 verse 13 says, you know, when we come to a saving faith in Christ, we are delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, into the kingdom of light. The person who is darkness is also in darkness and is unaware of God's holiness, of God's goodness and God's love. And that person has no awareness of their need of a saviour and they're destined, the Bible says, for eternal damnation. Now, when uh, we are darkness, when we're in darkness, the spiritual darkness, it's like we're in a, a, a room where you cannot see a thing, like what was down there in that mine, oblivious to, to our own situation, what, what we are like, and oblivious to, to God's salvation and God's goodness. And it's, only, and it's only unless God shines the light of His truth and of His love into our lives that we are able to, to know that we are indeed in darkness and be given the opportunity to know the salvation in Christ and to respond to Him in repentance and faith. Unless we do this, we are doomed. Of course, folks, sadly, that is a picture of our world today, isn't it? People, billions of people walking in this spiritual darkness, completely oblivious, unaware of the fact that they are lost in sin and that there is a God who loves them, a God who has sent His Son as a Saviour for all, for, for, for mankind. God's grace, however, has provided the means of rescue. And here in this passage, Paul sets out the contrast in this way. He says that we were once darkness, but now, signaling, signaling a distinct change in the situation. He says, but now we are light in the Lord. This uh, you know, pictures, if you like, the, um, the, the, the creative work of God, particularly if you go back to Genesis 1 and the creation event where everything was, was, was in darkness. Gen- Genesis 1 says the, the earth was formless and void there in darkness and God spoke and said, let there be light and there was light. Just as uh, God spoke that light back there in, in, that, in, in the original creation event, this is speaking about, Paul is speaking about here, of God speaking the light of his truth into our lives and us coming from darkness to light. The God who is himself light gives light. Now the, the Bible speaks of God himself being light in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 where it says, this is the message we have heard from him, that is from Jesus, and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. We can only have the light, we can only know the light by knowing God and being in relationship with him. It's when a person comes to faith in Christ, when they hear and respond to the gospel of salvation, admitting that because they are a sinner, they deserve God's righteous judgment. But those who turn to Jesus Christ, believing that his death and resurrection is the only means by which they can receive God's forgiveness and the promise of eternal life, then they will no longer be in darkness. They will no longer be darkness, but light in the Lord. They will be light in Christ. In other words, they will be 
they will be made holy like Christ, set apart for God and his purposes to bring him glory in all that they do. Folks, you know, as we come, you know, as we think about this whole aspect of, of light, light in the Bible, especially in reference to Christ, re- represents life, eternal life. John 1, 1 to 5, you know, speaks about that. We'll come to that in a little bit. I'll read that to you in a little bit. But not only does, does light in the Bible represent the life that is, that is found in Christ, but it also rep- represents revelation and truth, a revealing, a revealing of knowledge and understanding. It represents that. It represents goodness and holiness and righteousness, whereas darkness itself represents death and evil and wickedness and sin and chaos and falsehood. By placing our faith in Christ, we become joined to him and partakers of his light. Listen to what John says of of Jesus in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Let me uh, read these familiar words to us. It said, the Apostle John writing says, In the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Speaking back to that that creation event that we just spoke about. In him, that is in Christ, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of man. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not able to overcome it or overpower it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, speaking of John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that is about Jesus, that all might believe through him. He, that is speaking of John the Baptist, was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus came as the light of God, God's light to humanity, a light of hope, a light of truth, a light of goodness, a light of life. John 8 verse 12 speaks of Jesus as the light when it says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light life. You know, because as followers of Jesus we have been made light in him, we should therefore walk as children of light. This is the sixth time that Paul uses this term walk in his letter to the Ephesian Christians. We see it in chapter 2 and verse 2, chapter 2 and verse 10, chapter 4 and verse 1, chapter 4 verse 17, and chapter 5 and verse 2, and now again here. So Paul has got this huge emphasis on walking as believers in a certain way. And the expectation of the follower of Jesus is that they should walk as children of light. This walking refers to the the direction, if you like, or the pattern of one's life. It's talking about our daily behavior. And Paul says, for the follower of Jesus, there is a certain conduct that is expected of a follower of Christ. We are to mirror the light of Christ. 
In other words, people should see the life, the truth, the holiness, the uprightness of Christ in our lives. In this passage here, Paul speaks about it as, as uh, in terms of fruit, as he goes on to say that, uh, but now you are light and the Lord walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. We see that there in verse 9. And this fruit is produced from within. It is not just attached externally. So we can't sort of, you know, think that we can sort of uh, do all these religious, you know, these good sort of acts and that sort of stuff, expecting that that will actually sort of, you know, be what God approves of. But in fact, God produces this from within us. You know, John speaks about this in, in his gospel in John 15, where he speaks about Jesus as, as a vine and we are the branches. And as the branches are attached to the vine, the life of the vine flows up through into the branches and produces the fruit. See, following religious ritual and legalistic practices isn't going isn't to win us favor with God, but, is, but it is what God produces in us. It comes from within. I think of it in, in terms of, for instance, a, a fruit on a tree compared to maybe a Christmas tree that we might have in our lounge rooms or in our, in our homes at Christmas time. You know, the, the, the Christmas trees, we actually hang the external baubles and things on, don't we? We put them on ourselves, whereas the fruit of a tree is produced from within, and that's what, the, what God does for us. And so as, as we look to Jesus, as we read, as we meditate upon His light-giving and life-giving Word, as we submit to the leading of His, whole, of His life-giving Spirit within, Jesus then produces this goodness and righteousness and truth within us. This is what walking in the light or walking as children of light actually means. It means allowing every area of our lives to be exposed to God and His truth as we prayerfully seek His help in obeying Him. You know, Psalm 119, verse 105, speaks about, you know, the Word as light. It says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, and as we seek to align our lives with God, as we seek to, 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 to humble ourselves to Him through being in His Word. We can we not know, you know, the things which God requires of us unless we are in His Word and we're reading His Word and understanding what, you know, what uh, He is like and what we should be like as His, as His children. That is, the Word is our light. And so as we get in there, as we, we read it, as we understand it, as we, as we put it into practice in our lives through the help of the indwelling Spirit, God produces this light, this fruit of light, goodness and righteousness and truth. Of course, walking as children of light involves trying to discern also what is pleasing to the Lord. We see that in verse 10 of our passage. It goes on to say, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. You know, when you love someone, especially someone who's been so good to you, then you generally want to do things which please them, don't you? Yes? You know, if I know that, uh, for instance, that buying Coral some flowers will actually, you know, brighten her day and show my love and appreciation for her, 
You know, if, 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 if I know that and then, you know, I sort of go to the shops and I see the, the beautiful you know, bouquets of flowers there, but then I see over there there's these really nice yummy chocolates and things like that, and I've only got this amount of money, this amount of money, this amount of money to spend. And I've got a choice then, haven't I? The flowers or the chocolate. The flowers or the chocolate. I've got to make the sacrifice of foregoing that which I like in order to please Coral and to, and to show my love for her. And in, same, in some ways, that's what it's like with God. We know what pleases God. We know from, from His Word what, uh, what kind of lives God wants from us. And yet, we, 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 we've got this battle because there is these desires and these passions in us that, 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 that kind of want to battle against the good things that God wants for us in our lives. And so we've got to be willing to say no to those things and instead, yes, to God. You know, having made, you know, this, if I'm, you know, sort of buy coral those flowers and, and forego the chocolates and I get home and I sort of see on her face, you know, that, that, that sense of, of, of joy and, and thankfulness in receiving that, that, you know, that, you know, just, the chocolate just fades into oblivion. You don't even worry about that anymore. And when we know, you know, as in our lives, as we please God with, with, with how we live and in our behaviors and our actions and our attitudes, that should bring a joy to us as it brings a joy to the, to the heart of God. And so as followers of Jesus, we should be continually asking ourselves, will our choices and actions actually please Jesus who loved me and gave his life for me? seek to please him. Another aspect that Paul speaks about here of walking in the light, he describes is that we're not to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Look in verse 11. He says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but expose them. Bring them to light. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. You know, there are two things that Paul is speaking of here. He says, firstly, he says, don't take part in the unfruitful works of darkness. What he's saying here is this kind of living produces nothing worthwhile and beneficial. But instead, we are to expose the darkness. As followers of Christ and as children of light, we should certainly speak out against evil. We should, particularly when it causes suffering and hardship to others. I think of things like, you know, abortion, the dangers of drugs and and other addictive substances and and, and practices. Things like domestic violence, oppression of the vulnerable and weak, and things like racism that has been so, uh, you know, so, so much in the media in recent days. We should be certainly speaking out. We should be exposing those things through our words. But it's interesting that Paul here... It's actually his emphasis here seems not to be primarily on what we say, but actually on how we live and our actions. You know, it's not to downplay the importance of speaking up, but sometimes, as the old saying goes, our actions can speak louder than our words. And so Paul is saying here that, that our living as lights of Christ and his goodness and righteousness and truth in this dark world in which we live can actually expose the sinful and wicked behavior of those around about us. Without, and that's without us actually even saying anything. 
Jesus says to his followers in Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Paul, you know, this is yes, we, Jesus is saying, as you shine the light of Christ in this world, people will see that and uh, will one day give glory to God the Father. Let me try and ex- illustrate it this, this way. You know, when something is, is really nice and good and shiny and new and that sort of stuff, and you, you, you put it up against something which is, you know, it's, it's old, it's, it's, it's fallen apart, it's, or it's bad, or it's, you know, that, that sort of thing, then the difference is so observable, isn't it? It's so recognizable. I remember, you know, um, oh, I think of, uh, I think of uh, for instance, the, um, like, our, uh, our garden, for instance, at, at home. You know, in some of the neighbours' yards when they're all nicely mowed and the gardens are all pretty flowers and that sort of thing. You know, and you would look at my front yard and I see all the grass growing up and, you know, all the weeds straggling and all that sort of stuff all over the place. Our, you know, sometimes our place can stand out so differently to, to those around about us. And it kind of shames me into thinking, okay, well, I better do something about it. So I get on the phone and call Ty and say, Ty, can you come my way of grass, please? <coughs> But that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you kind of the the, the, the when something is 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 so um, is so sort of observable because of the the state of it, the, the bad state of it against something which is good. And this is what our lives should be like as followers of Jesus. Our Christ-reflecting lives have the ability to expose the sinful lives of those around about us. That they can either choose to ignore it. They can choose to resent us or hate us or even abuse us. Or they can see the need to change their condition. And therefore, they can discover the good news of the gospel of Jesus and be saved. This is what Paul speaks about when he quotes in in verse 14 in our passage this morning from Isaiah 60 verse 1. You know, it's, uh, it's really probably a, a first century hymn that was, that was often sung, I think, at, uh, at, at things like baptisms of, of, of believers. This particular verse where it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It pictures the exposure of an, <coughs> of an unbeliever to the light with a view to, to that person finding salvation in Jesus. That person is asleep. They are dead in their trespasses and sins, as Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2. And God calls that person to awake and to arise, to come to life, so to speak, as the light of Christ shines upon them and upon their darkened condition. And that light of Christ is, is, is shone into their lives through the, the proclamation of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's shone in their lives by the example of, of Christ's followers living these lives of light within their very presence. Of course, as we look at this passage, it, you know, it does not imply that the dead sinners are able to, in the, within their own strength, uh, rise from the dead. 
because that would sort of, I guess, contradict the metaphor that is being shown here. But rather, with that command that God gives, arise from the dead as, as, and Christ will shine on you. It kind of reminds me of when Jesus stood at the, the Lazarus's grave there in John 11, and he said to, the, to, to Lazarus, whose dead body was there in the grave, Lazarus, you know, come forth. That's the kind of power of the gospel at work in, in, in people, the darkened lives of people around about us. As God shines that light, whether it be through the gospel we preach, whether it be through the gospel we proclaim, or whether it be through the, the light of Christ shone out in our lives through our example as we walk as children of light, it is this declaration to lost sinners, arise, come to life as the, as the light of Christ shines on you. Come forth from the dead. Come forth from the dead. Folks, that is our mission as, as, as followers of Christ today in this world, to be the light of Christ and the proclaiming Christ in both word and through action, calling people to come to life in Christ, to come forth from the grave. You know, light, as Paul is speaking of here, therefore, not only, it not only reveals sin, but it also dispels the darkness. And that's why it's imperative that we, as followers of Jesus today, live as children of light. Because not only does it bring glory to God, but it is also one of the primary means by which God saves sinners and dispels the darkness of this evil world in which we live. You know, folks, the way in which we live our lives as believers can contribute to either seeing people saved or to seeing people confirmed or stay in their sin and face eternal condemnation by God. You know, our lives, as we live our lives for Christ, folks, People's eternity is at stake. People's eternity is at stake. The people around about us, their eternity is at stake. And if we are not living as children of light within our own context that God calls us, that God takes us into, then if we're not living as children of light but instead living as children of darkness, then we are not carrying out the mission God has called us to and we could be indeed confirming and even leaving people in their lost state. That's how serious it is, and that's why Paul makes such an emphasis or takes such an emphasis in this letter to remind us of our walk, of our day-to-day con- conduct as followers of Jesus. So let me ask you this morning, how are you indeed walking? as a follower of Jesus. Are you walking in the light of Christ or are you currently walking in darkness? If you are there walking in darkness at the moment, let me say this. First of all, know this, that as a a, a person who has expressed faith in Jesus Christ, who has has sought to to ask him to be their saviour, you know, we will will sometimes fall uh, uh, and get off track with how we live. We will sometimes fall back into that dark living. But the remedy is the same for both believer and unbeliever alike, and that is this. 
that when we know we are walking in darkness, we are to step into the light. As God reveals himself to us, we are to step into his light, to come out of the shadows, to come out of the darkness, to confess our sin. Listen to Psalm 32 and verse 5 where it says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I did not hide it. I did not keep it in the darkness. I did not stay in that darkness. But instead I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And what does the Lord do? He forgives the guilt of my sin. 1 John 1 Verses 6 to 7 says, If we say we have fellowship with him, that is Christ, while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light of Christ as he is the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Of course, that passage then goes on to talk about the fact that, you know, as we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And so, folks, having confessed and repented of our sin, we know, we can, we, we can know and have assurance that Jesus has paid for that sin and that we are indeed forgiven in God. And we need to then commit afresh to walk in the light. And, and, and know the comfort and the, and the peace that walking in the light brings to us and to know that we are loved by the Lord. So let me challenge you with this this morning, folks. As we go in, as we head into a new week this week, as a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, how will you, with the Lord's help, endeavor to walk as a child of light this week? How will you endeavor to live as a child of And folks, if you don't yet know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I pray that this message this morning will will help uh, shine the light of God's truth into your life, that you will see that although you are in darkness, although that you are darkness currently, as you you put your faith and trust in Christ as your Saviour, He brings you into His light and makes you light in Him. What a wonderful and glorious message we have to proclaim. What a wonderful and glorious God we have, that even when we were lost in darkness, He pursued us. He pursued us with the light of His love and of His grace. And He pursues us each and every day with that light of love and grace. Let us rejoice in that and let us seek to walk in the light of God in these days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning again for Your word. And as we've been reminded in this passage this morning, your word is indeed a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we know that uh, there are many times in our lives where, Lord, we would prefer the darkness rather than walking in the light. Lord, my prayer today is that, uh, that we would indeed know that, uh, Lord, that uh, it is so much better to walk with you, to walk in your light and to walk as children of Lord, may you shine your light in us and through us as we go uh, out in, into our week and into the various places you'll take us. May the light of Christ shine in us and through us. Lord, awaking, awaking those around us to your love and your mercy and your grace.
Lord, glorify yourself in us like this, we pray. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.